In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Would all those up through the 12th grade please come forward. Up here so I can see you. Over here, it's over here, over here. Please, please. Okay. Thank you. Um, I want to tell you a story that I made up. It's a story about a little girl whose mother made her a red hat. And one day she told her to put on her red hat because it's cool outside and she wanted her to go visit her grandmother who lived kind of in the woods about 30 minutes away. And the mother told the grandmother, I mean, the mother told the daughter, um, I'm gonna call her Little Red Hat, uh, told Little Red Hat to um, go to her grandmother's because she's sick, but stay on the path. It's dangerous off the path, so stay on the path. Well, so Little Red Hat is going to see her grandmother and all of a sudden, she sees something over here. So she steps off the path, and she saw a big, bad, anybody? How do you know? I'm, make, I'm making the story up. <laughs> a big, bad wolf, yeah. And the big, bad wolf is smart. And the big, bad wolf said, where are you going? And she said, I'm going to see my grandmother. She's sick. And so the big bad wolf said, well, pick some flowers over there and take them to her. And while she was picking flowers, the big bad wolf went back down the path to grandmother's house and saw grandmother in bed and gobbled her up. I know, this is a horrible story. I made it up and I shouldn't be saying this. And so little red hat, she gets to the house and she goes in and she sees grandmother lying in bed and she says, oh, grandmother, what what a big mouth you have. And the big bad wolf says, the better to gobble you up with. And she gobbled up little red hat. I, I just made that up and I don't know where it came from. But um, so, huh? Little red hat. No, little red hat, not little red riding hood. <laughs> no, it can't be. I made this one up. Oh, it's a little like that one? Okay. So, so. But it's, there's good, it's good news because a hunter comes along. I made this part up too. A hunter comes along and, 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 and shoots the wolf and grandma and little red hat, they come out of the belly of the, of the wolf and they're, they're okay. Oh, you know that too? You've heard that too? Oh, come on, you're making that up. I made this up. Okay, yeah, okay. So, so why am I telling you this? Because St. Peter in our second reading, the epistle reading today, says, beware. The devil is like a prowling lion or wolf waiting to devour you. He tells us the truth because the devil is the enemy of God. The devil is our enemy. And we do what God tells us to do, not what the devil tells us to do. The devil 
roams around like a prowling lion waiting for us to get off the path and to try to trick us and to do things that the devil wants us to do, not what God wants us to do. And so we have to be really careful to always try to keep our eyes on God and, 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 and learn through reading the Bible and listening to our teachers and our parents of what, what God wants us to do. Because when, when we're in God's um, will, when we're doing what God wants us to do, there's this dome of protection over us that keeps the devil away. But when we separate ourselves from God, we have to be really careful because the devil's out there. God's greater. God is always greater. But the devil's out there. And I want you to be careful all through your life, like I have to be careful all through my life, to be aware of the devil because he's out there prowling around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Okay? So these fairy tales that I made up, um, they're there for a purpose. They help us to understand sometimes. All right? All right. Thank you all. Thank you. You can get a packet from who's over there? Mr. McCauley. <laughs> Mr. McCauley, if you want to. Good morning. Before I talk to you about the words of God, I thought I would talk to you about another authority figure in our lives, our mothers, and the way they convey their messages to us. Now, I'm a mother, a grandmother, and a great-grandmother, so I can totally relate to these. And I have probably said some of these, and I will let you decide which version that I used. Moms today, sweetie, that word is inappropriate. Mom's back in the day. Say that again and I'll wash your mouth out with soap. Mom's now. Good job trying one bite of the dinner I made. Now you can have mac and cheese. My mom, you'll eat what I make whether you like it or not. There are starving children in the world. Mom's now. I can see that you're upset. Take a deep breath and use your words. My mom, you better stop crying or I'll really give you something to cry about. I know some of you have heard these. Moms today, you can't walk around the block by yourself. I'll drive you. Text me when you need a ride home. My mom, sure you can go see your friends. It's too too far to walk, so take your bike, but be home by dark. No cell phones back then. Moms today, I packed your bento box with almond butter on organic whole grain bread, kale chips, and an organic smoothie. My mom, here's your bologna sandwich on Wonder Bread. Grab a Twinkie and a Hawaiian punch, put it in this brown bag that I wrote your name on. Today, honey, please respect your sister's space. She's having mommy time with her anatomically correct baby doll. My day, if you don't stop touching your sister, you can go march out front and get me a switch off the oak tree, and then I bet you'll behave. Last one. We have two choices for dinner tonight. You can add the salmon with the dill sauce or the chicken with the cranberry chutney. My day, you have two choices for dinner. 
Take it or leave it. It's up to you. As you may have guessed from the reading from Acts today, this is Ascension Sunday, where we celebrate the ascent of Jesus into heaven, which was 40 days after his resurrection. Jesus, of course, knew when and how he would be leaving, so it would be no surprise to us that, as always, he prepared his disciples for just that moment. Even if they did not know at the time, that's what he was doing. Our gospel today is from the 17th chapter of the book of John. As our chapter begins, Jesus looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the time has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. Now, if you had not just read the previous chapter, you might think that Jesus is off somewhere by himself, praying as he sometimes liked to do. But he is still right there with his disciples, They are listening to him. This occurs right after the Passover Seder meal that Jesus shared with his disciples, the one that we call the Last Supper. They are all sitting around the table still, except for one of them. At this point, Judas Iscariot has already left the group because Jesus let it be known that Judas was the one who would betray him, even though the other disciples did not seem to understand this. Prior to Judas's departure, Jesus had washed his disciples' feet and told them that he was going away. Jesus had a lot more to say to his disciples. He knew that he was about to be executed in a most inhumane and brutal way, and he had very little time to be with them. As we know, soon after this meal, he was beaten with spiked thongs, made to carry his cross, crowned with a crown of thorns, berated, ridiculed, and nailed to the cross that he was forced to carry. Jesus was trying to prepare them and even told them that they would all scatter and leave him alone. He did, not, he did point out earlier that he would not really be alone because he said, for my Father is with me. Jesus wanted to make sure that his disciples would know who to turn to when he was no longer with them. He modeled to them that praying to the Father is what you do in a crisis. They, of course, had not yet grasped the severity of Jesus' situation. Here Jesus is, still sitting at the table with the remaining disciples, and he continued praying. For you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Did you know that this is what eternal life is all about? That we may know him, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom he has sent? It's not how much we pray, or how many times we went to church, or how many people we have helped, or how many crosses that are hanging in our houses. These are all things we do because we are Christians, but they are not the things we do to become a Christian. Jesus then points out in verse 4, I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work that you have given me to do. Jesus is modeling obedience to his disciples. He goes on to say, And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. What do you think the disciples were thinking now? 
Jesus just said that he existed in heaven with the Father before the world began. Had the disciples really understood this? There are no recorded words of the disciples about this statement. Do you think they had to be a little confused or shocked by this? Or had they really understood that Jesus existed before the world began because of other things that he had told them previously? Jesus goes on to specifically pray for his disciples. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. In other words, God specifically picked each of the disciples himself. He made each of us for a specific purpose also. Just as the disciples, we were picked by God. Does that surprise you? Unfortunately, many people do not believe that they have a purpose in this world. We too are put here to glorify God. As we glorify and pray to God, there may be other things that God has for us to do. Through reading and studying the Bible and prayer, God may reveal something he wants you to do. It may be something as simple as being kind to a neighbor or stranger. Being always kind to others is one of the most important things a person can do. God's love comes through a truly kind person in so many ways. A smile, a loving touch, or just a kind word can change someone's entire day. Next, Jesus said, they were yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Wow, how great it would be to have Jesus give that kind of report on us to God. It looks like all we have to do is obey God's word. But in order to obey God's word, we have to know God's word. How can we do that? I know we all know the answer to the question, but are we doing what we know we are to do? Do we come to church to hear the word of God? Do we read our Bibles and attend Bible studies or listen to podcasts and other forms of communication to learn more about God's word? Jesus goes on to say, now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. Jesus is talking about the disciples when he says, now they know. But this also applies to us. Now we know that every good thing comes from God. Think of all the good things that we have. They all came from God. He gave them to us not because we deserve them, but because he is our loving father. Some of us may have had a good earthly father in our lives, and some may have had a bad father or no father at all. I was blessed to have a father who loved me and showed me that he was proud of me. But I was an obedient child, mainly because I really didn't like being in trouble. And don't get me wrong, in no way was I perfect, but life was easier for me when I tried to please my parents in most everything I did. I loved my parents, so why wouldn't I want to please them? Also, by doing this, I always felt that I had their approval and love. I'm from a very large family, and some of my siblings decided to live their lives with little regard to what our parents thought. I am not sure that they always felt as loved as I did at some points in their lives, even though I know our parents loved them as much as they loved me. God is like that. God loves us regardless of our sin. That doesn't mean he condones our sins, but he still loves us. He loves us so much that he sent Jesus to save us. In verses 7 and 8, Jesus says, Now they know that everything you have given me 
comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. Do we believe that God sent Jesus to us and not just to his disciples or to all the people that we think are better or holier than we are? We must believe in Jesus and all he did for us by dying on the cross. There may be someone listening right now that is not sure or does not feel worthy enough to believe in Jesus. None of us is worthy, but Jesus did die to save each one of us, and that is the truth. Now we come to the last three verses. Jesus continues, I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine. And glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. Jesus wanted his disciples to know just how precious and special these men were to them. He wanted them to know what an important job that God had for them to do once he was gone. All the time spent with Jesus and all the wisdom they gained by listening to and following him was for this very moment in time. This is why Jesus had chosen them, and this was the plan for them. These 11 ordinary men were to make sure that all Jesus had said and had done would be carried not just to the people of their time, but also to all generations to come. What if Jesus had not picked these men and spent enough time with them so that they were be able to carry not only the work of Jesus, but also to record it so the generations to come would also know how great our God is and how he sent his only son to save us. The Bible is a miracle from God, a gift from God to us. How it came to be written and preserved is a fascinating story in itself. It contains all we need to know to live our lives the way that God intended for us to do. So we all need to read and study our Bibles. We are so blessed at St. Timothy's to have so many talented Bible teachers and Bible studies available to us. We even have the miracle of Zoom so that those who cannot be physically present can still be a part of a study whether they're at home or somewhere far away from home. Even if you cannot be a part of a study, just read your Bible, but pray before you read. God has a message just for you, just waiting to be read so you can grow closer to God and his son, Jesus Christ, and be filled with the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.